Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined by the publisher of InsideTheRedRaiders.com, the one and only J.J. Jarrett Johnson. Jarrett, Texas, and Texas Tech will open Big 12 play in Lubbock, 2.30 this Saturday. Tech is 2-1. Texas is 2-1. Uh, Texas coming off a win against UTSA. Tech had to go across the country, face a ranked NC State team. What did we learn about the Red Raiders in their trip to NC State? Well, they are who we thought they were uh, in that the defense is pretty good, especially for Texas Tech in recent history. But the offensive line is a problem. I think you had me on in the offseason for a podcast or something, and that was my major concern going back to the spring. And it's still my biggest concern after three games and entering Big 12 play. I watched uh, a good portion of that uh, UT Alabama game a couple weeks ago, came away very impressed with Texas's defense overall, and especially uh, its, its defensive front. Uh, so that's, to me, going into this week, and what I, what I think I know about Texas Tech, that appears to be the biggest mismatch, at least on paper, going into this matchup. Is it – why? tell me why the offensive line is in the shape that it's in. Is it – was it some missed recruiting injuries? Where Where's that offensive line? Yeah, missed recruiting. Um, you know, guys that have uh, worked – for inside the Red Raiders who have covered football recruiting will tell you that offensive line recruiting is probably where it was the weakest uh, leading up, I don't know, four years ago, three, four years ago. And that's, you know, that's the time period you're talking about, especially offensive line is, you know, three years out, three, four years out. And, uh, you know, they brought in a lot of transfers. I think they have two transfers uh, starting, maybe three actually. And, you know, they're okay. They're not great. Um, they lost a lot of guys from the offensive line last year. I thought the offensive line was probably underrated last year for Texas Tech. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Right now, they are struggling. They're struggling to run the ball. They're struggling to pass protect. And they also have, you know, of course, the second string quarterback back there, which I know Texas is dealing with a similar thing with quarterback injuries. But uh, all of that with a new offensive coordinator – is making things difficult, especially for fans, uh, Red Raider fans who are used to seeing Texas Tech, even when they're struggling to to get wins, they're used to putting a lot of points up on the board. And that's just not happening right now with, with all the struggles I just mentioned. 
Well, let's stay on the offense because Donovan Smith has been up and down. I mean, it's like feast or famine. He's either, you know, connecting for big play touchdowns or he's serving up pick six touchdowns. Uh, a pick six in each of the last two games, including that win, the overtime win over Houston. But uh, where is where's Donovan Smith? Obviously, Tyler Shuck and Texas fans remember Tyler Shuck going down in the Texas game last year. This poor kid can't catch a break. It where okay, first, where's the Tyler Shuck injury and and where's his um you know rehab? And and then let's uh let's talk about Donovan Smith. Yeah, they're hoping to get him back uh you know at least by West Virginia. But it might even be earlier than that. It might be uh, a couple weeks from now. So I'm no doctor, but what I've heard from the coaching staff is that, you know, they're, they're hopeful that he comes back sooner than what they originally thought when he suffered that injury. But, you know, when it comes to quarterbacks and shoulders and clavicles and all that, I mean, I just, I've seen it time and time again. I mean, you got to worry about, re, about getting injured again. You know, like I really hope they don't bring him back too soon because he fought so hard in this offseason to come back and then he gets hurt in the opener and you just would hate to see him like you feel like that could be maybe where you have to start making some career decisions if he gets hurt again this year right if they bring him back too early so I know you know of course the the training staff here is great they you know it's been a good staff I, they're not going to rush him out but in terms of his timetable I mean it could be I don't expect him to play this week that's what you're asking but Maybe when they go to Kansas State, like that, like I didn't think that was a possibility, but from what I've heard over the last week, it might be a possibility. And I, you know, he he was named the starter for a reason. They they think Shuck is is the guy, and they think he gives them the best chance to move the ball, put points on the board, and and, and win games. So that would be huge for Texas Tech if he could come back and you know remain healthy. Yeah, I mean, in in Zach Kitley's offense. They like to sling it around. I mean, um, you know, there was uh, some impressive numbers in Zach Kitley's offense last year. Bailey Zappi, 70 touchdown passes. Um, so how's Donovan Smith? I mean, it, he played well at times last year. And yeah. is, it, is it just digesting this offense and, and getting comfortable with this offense? I think that's part of it. I don't know if Donovan Smith is an air raid style offense. Now, Kidley will say he doesn't run an air raid offense, but boy, it sure looks like an air raid offense to me. You know, uh, I, I don't, when you ask him how it's different than an air raid, there's these slight kind of football nerd things, you know, but I mean, for the most part, it looks like a spread air raid offense where you throw the ball around, run up tempo and all that. And I, I don't know that Donovan Smith is really like that. I, I just feel like he's more of a, uh, obviously a spread quarterback, but a guy that will work well off play, uh, play action, uh, work well with being a power running quarterback who can also throw. He has a big arm, and he showed that. I mean, the Iowa State win last year, he actually played really well against Baylor and was efficient, uh, though they lost a close one to, to the Bears uh, in Waco. And then he was the offensive MVP of the bowl game against Mississippi State. So he has the ability, but I don't know if – if it's necessarily adjusting to this style or if it's the combination of maybe the style isn't the best fit for him. And then also if you don't have time, if you're worried about, you know, the pass rush constantly, 
that's going to affect so many things. That's going to affect your progression. That's going to affect a lot of this, the, the decisions you make, and it will affect your accuracy as well. So I, it's it's not just the offensive line. I don't think it's just the offense, but uh, or just the inexperience of, of relative inexperience of Donovan Smith. I think it's a combination of everything right now, and the fact uh, Houston has a pretty good defensive line. That's probably the best unit they have on, on their team, and then also uh, NC State and that. Tony Gibson, I know you're familiar with him too, what he did at West Virginia. He's a great defensive coordinator, especially going against spreads and air raid type offenses. He just totally won that chess match uh, Saturday. So uh, it's it's a combination of, of everything, Chip, in my opinion. Baron Morton. Um, yeah. You know, he's played a little bit, but what, I mean, is he on the verge of more playing time or is that not happening? Well, if you have a quarterback who's throwing back-to-back pick sixes or pick sixes in, in back-to-back games, uh, what is it, five interceptions in two games, not putting a lot of points on the board, then you, you have to look at all options, right? And Barry Morton was a former four-star guy, elite 11 quarterback, one of the highest-rated guys that Texas Tech has signed in the modern recruiting era. Uh, and he does a lot of things that make sense in this offense in terms of having a fast release a really quick release. Uh, he's a little bit quicker than Donovan Smith, and he is the best of all three of the quarterbacks of throwing on the run, which is something, like I said, with all the struggles of the offensive line that the quarterback's going to need to do uh, this, this season for Texas Tech. So, uh, But he also has a bit of the gunslinger mentality. You know, he's never seen a, a receiver who he didn't think he could fit the ball into, you know, so it's not like you bring Barron in and you think he's going to protect the football necessarily more than Donovan Smith. I mean, he has that kind of gunslinger mentality. So, and he is young. I mean, he's a redshirt freshman. He's made a huge progression from his true freshman season. I, I saw it in the spring. I saw it again at full camp. I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's going to be a really good player for tech in, in the future, but is he ready to open up big 12 play as a starter against Texas? I don't know. That, I think that's asking a lot. Well, you look at the uh, the running back room at Texas Tech, and you like it. Taj Brooks, um, you know, Sir Roderick Thompson, these guys are proven products. Texas got a full dose of Sir Roderick Thompson up in Lubbock a couple of years ago um, in an absolute thriller. Uh, but yeah. obviously, as you mentioned, the offensive line uh, struggling a bit. So how are these guys, you know, are they having to catch it more? How are they um, – contributing to the offense yeah I they're gonna have to find a way to get them more involved because like you said they are proven players they are really good players they're having to break a tackle in the backfield on like every third running play at least so they're not getting a lot of help up front but uh when the when there's an opportunity there they they can be explosive I wouldn't say they're breakaway speed guys but they're elusive they break a lot of tackles and they're pros, you know, they know how to set up their runs. They know how to finish runs. So they're trying to incorporate them in terms of uh, in the passing game some. But they, in my opinion, they have to get more creative than, than what they've done so far because the receivers struggled a little bit. I don't know if it was just because they're younger and it was, uh, you know, on the road. And, and you got to give credit to NC State's defense. Uh, but if these guys know how to play. They will make plays for you. So if you can get uh, – just find a way to shake them loose and get them in some open space, both Sir Roger and Taj, uh, you know, they will make plays for the Red Raiders. So we'll see what Zach Keeley's able to dial up against Texas. But uh, I feel like they're being underutilized 
right now. Well, Eric Ezukanma, who caused Texas problems uh, in the past, is gone. Uh, Miles Price is kind of the guy, you know, the veteran guy returning, but um, you've got Jaron Bradley. Tell us about the receiving core and and who's the guy to watch. Yeah, they have a lot of size. I, I think they have a lot of potential, which means they haven't really done it yet, you know. <laughs> uh, but Miles Price is a guy. Last two last two weeks, he scored touchdowns. He's very good at open space. He has great uh, body control. He's very good in terms of going one direction and quickly accelerating and shifting and going the other. And, you know, that creates a lot of explosive plays. Uh, Duran Bradley, you mentioned 6'5", uh, you know, former four-star guy, very uh, – has a lot of potential. It just he needs he needs to take that step. He's, he's young. He's a redshirt freshman. Uh, but I think he's close to doing that. Loic Fungi is another guy, 6'4", 220, very fast. Was a track guy uh, at Midland League or Midland Legacy. Uh, those are, those are the main guys. Xavier White's another, uh, guy in the slot. Trey Cleveland plays both in the slot and outside. He actually started in, in, in front of, uh, Fungi and on the first play he was wide open on a play action, uh, opportunity and, uh, he was overthrown, but, uh, he's another six, four guy who can run. So they have the horses. They just, uh, they got to put it all, put it all together. If, Tech is going to beat Texas on Saturday. Is there an X factor? Is there uh, a player who is just going to have to knock it out of the park? I think it's not really a player. It's a phase of the game. I think uh, offensive line I knew coming into the season was going to be something they're going to have to overcome and was going to kind of limit their ceiling. I knew the defense was veteran, has more depth uh, than it has in a long time. It's bigger than it has been in a long time. Special teams has been a problem each of the last two weeks. It almost cost them against Houston. They had a punt return call back on a, a, a roughing the punter penalty. Um, they allowed – they shanked a couple of punts. They have one of the better punters in the country who has struggled, and nobody can really figure out why. It's just every third punt he shanks, and it's cost tech points. Uh, they've missed field goals. Uh, they muffed a punt, which, which gave up – uh, points. So tech has to get special, it's special teams play figured out because right now they're losing that phase in these, in these important games and they can't do that. They can't lose. They can't struggle on the offensive line and struggle mightily in special teams and expect to, to beat Texas. I just, I, I can't see that. All right. We'll take a quick break with Jared Johnson, publisher of inside the red Raiders.com. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, 
so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We've covered the offense. We've covered special teams. The defense, Jared, is the strength of this football team, it seems like. Uh, none, other, none other than uh, Tyree Wilson. Uh, the guy is, um, you know, he at Big 12 Football Media Days, he looked like something. He should be on the cover of Muscle and Fitness. Uh, and he's right. playing, um, you know, really well for this tech defense, which, as you mentioned, got put in some bad situations against NC State with the muffed punt, the, you know, the interceptions. Um, talk about this tech defense and, and uh, why it's playing well and and what uh, what you expect Saturday. Yeah, I, I expect them to play well again against Texas. I don't, you know, last year, the run defense and the scheme was just uh, extremely disappointing. And I, I really don't expect that to happen uh, this season. It's a completely different. First off, Tim DeRuiter is a very respected defensive coordinator. I think that was one of the better hires, quite honestly, in the Big 12. It didn't get talked about a lot because you think Texas Tech defense, uh, this guy's going to struggle. But he's known for going to places and turning around defenses and has had a lot of success. And he's been great uh, with just as a coordinator. But in terms of personnel up front, I mean, they're really experienced and they have more depth than they have. You mentioned Tyree Wilson. He's been playing great, uh, you know, 6'6", 275 pounds, uh, no fat. I mean, like you said, he looks like he should be on the cover of uh, Muscle and Fitness. He's very quick, twitchy, very fast, but he's been playing with a better motor this year. A lot of his plays are actually made because a lot of the teams are running away from him or even rolling pockets away from him uh, because he's beating double teams. So that's opening things up for Jalen Hutchings, Tony Bradford, uh, a couple of guys who I think this is their third year starting up front, um, really strong. And then Philip Bleedy's a young guy who's come on who just rocks folks. He's one of the most powerful guys right off the ball I've seen at the collegiate level anywhere I've covered, to be honest. Uh, he just has a lot of raw power. And so you throw all that together, plus some some guys they brought over from the transfer portal who are playing well. Bedell, Bedell Scott is one of them. Uh, then they're really strong up front for the first time in a while. I mean, that's a, that's a strength. That may be the team strength right now. And then they have three safeties who are really good. Dadrian Taylor-Dimerson is a guy I don't know – Anybody out there watching, if they saw who knocked the, the ball out of the, the running back's hand right before he crossed the goal line for NC State and got that touchback, he makes a lot of big plays. He actually had an interception in the end zone against Texas last year, too. He's, a, he's one of the team leaders. Uh, Reggie Pearson had a weird uh, play at, at the end of the first half against NC State where he let up on a player. But he's known as a physical player overall. Has made some plays for Texas Tech. And then Muddy Waters is a hybrid safety outside linebacker. Those three guys are all experienced. They bring a lot for Texas Tech. And then you got to go to corner, which I was really concerned about. Uh, but Malik Dunlap has played really well. He, uh, he's got to be among the – I haven't looked at the stats after Saturday, but he's got to be among the leaders in the Big 12 and uh, pass breakups. He has at least a handful already. Uh, teams have been testing him, and he's answered the bell. Uh, and then Rishad Williams is another guy at the other corner who's big and long and experienced. 
but then everything's funneled inside to uh, inside linebacker Krishan Merriweather, who I pro football focused recently just said he's uh, been one of the best uh, inside linebackers in the country early on the season. So the defense, it's weird. It's like Tech can never put it together. They have this offense that is struggling, and the defense has finally come around and is playing really, really strong football for, for anyone's standards, to be honest. But, you know, they can't – and they can't put it together. You know, now the offense is out of whack, and we've seen Tech be so good on offense and so terrible on defense. And it's just – it's – right now, Red Raider fans are, are frustrated, but they're hoping, uh, of course, to put something together uh, as they start Big 12 play, put it all together. Yeah, Gary Patterson told me before the season he thought Tech's defense would be pretty strong because of the returning players and the, the guys that he had seen on film. Um you know, the win over Houston was impressive. I mean, Houston, a ranked team. They had Houston just came off beating UTSA in San Antonio. What did you know what stood out about that win over the, the Cougars? Well, first off, all the mistakes, you know, Tech had a had a early control of that game. I think they were up 17 to 3 at the half and looked like they were ready to, you know, separate and end the game quickly. And all those mistakes, those three interceptions, but not just that, um, it's just some really bad penalties, just some dumb plays, bad special teams, like I mentioned before, allowed Houston to get back in the game. And so that was really disappointing. But they showed some resili- resiliency. They made some really clutch plays, a clutch, a clutch field goal late in that game. Uh, they converted a fourth and 20 in overtime where the game would have been over. Uh, so what really stood out coming out of that Houston game was just – this, this group of guys have been resilient. You know, they had the coaching change in the middle of the season last year. Uh, they played, I think, four ranked teams to end the season back to back to back to back. And it looked like, you know, they weren't going to go to a bowl game again. And uh, it was, you know, be a poor end of the season. But they get that win against Iowa State. It was a really exciting win. They played Baylor, you know, who ended up being, of course, being the Big 12 champs really tight in Waco. And then they beat uh, Mike Leach. They crushed Mike Leach. I think it was 34 to 7 and Mississippi State in the bowl game. So they showed some toughness. They could take a, a punch in the mouth and respond, uh, which we hadn't really seen from Red Raider football in recent years. And that's what I saw against Houston. Yeah, they made a lot of mistakes. It shouldn't have been that close. But when it came down to it, they had a lot of adversity and they responded. So when you look at Joey McGuire, Joey Juice, everyone talks about the Joey Juice, the energy what you know talk about his transition as head coach well it's generated a lot of excitement you know right now coming off a loss you know how college football is such a week-to-week proposition you know last week he's the goat now everybody's you know frustrated you know that so right now uh is the first time there's been really any adversity this offseason he's been recruiting very well of course uh anybody in the state around college football, around high school football, knows who Joey McGuire is and his great connections. Uh, so that's that's paid a lot of dividends. Uh, he, you know, he seems to get it. His daughter graduated from Tech. Uh, his best bud coming up, growing up, played football at Tech. Uh, he's been in the Big 12. You know, of course, like I said, his high school connections. You know, he's very aware of uh, the craziness of, of the fan base, the uh, – just the fanatics, you know, just how much Texas Tech loves or the, the fans love Texas Tech and West Texas. And so he gets it, which is important in college, you know, I think more so than, uh, you know, definitely pro sports. So uh, it's all been good. 
now it's time to see again how how does he respond after a tough loss where some of his decisions have been questioned uh, where uh, you know they there there was some sloppy play which always points back to coaching and so here you are you you started two and one first real adversity you got Texas coming to town which of course all the fans want want to beat Texas to open up Big 12 play but then you got at Kansas State and at Oklahoma State before you get to a bye. So there's some adversity. There's some opportunities there, but here's some real adversity. How are these players and the whole program going to respond to Joey McGuire and, and that adversity? He, he had a fourth down situation uh, mm-hmm. in the game against NC State. Uh, take us through that because he went for fourth. He went forward on fourth down in his own territory. Take us through the, the, uh, you know, the game situation at that point. Yeah. I mean, there was about a quarter left. It was still, uh, you know, a 13 point game. So you're still right there. It was at his own 35, fourth and eight. Went for it. Didn't get it. Uh, it was, you know, yeah, it was a questionable decision. No doubt in the post game, he said he thought there was only a limited amount of possessions left. He felt like going for it would gave the team the best chance to win. You know, I don't know if I have a problem with that. I don't, I don't love that decision, but it's not something – and, you know, I, I have no problems criticizing coaching decisions, but I'm not sure that I just hate that decision. Uh, I, I can't say that it was the right one, especially the way it, it turned out. Uh, but I, he also got a lot of flack for not using timeouts with about seven minutes left. He let NC State run a lot more clock and then used it late even though they were down two possessions with about a minute left. So uh, I think my problem was more with the fact with the way the team didn't execute the mistakes on special teams. Uh, I, I, you know, I thought his offensive coordinator, like I said, got out schemed and out coordinated and the adjustments during the game. I thought Tony Gibson and NC state won that going away. And that's more my problem, my criticism than being aggressive and going for it there. I mean, that's one of those things that's fun for message boards and, stuff like that to debate, but I get both sides of the argument there on that decision. How did they convert fourth and 20 against Houston? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, that was, uh, that's one of where you're already, you know, you're closing the laptop, closing the notebook, however you cover a game saying this is over, you know, this game's over. But Donovan Smith rolled to the right, found Jerram Bradley, who just, uh, ran a scramble drill and was able to get across the, the the first down line. So it was it was a miraculous conversion. Yeah, I mean that that play saved the Red Raiders in that game. Yeah. I mean that was yeah. I mean, I mean he was, was, it's over. Yeah, it's over. I mean maybe maybe he was thinking he could channel that uh, that magic one more time on on fourth and eight. What um, right. Jared? What you know, Joey? what's he done to connect with fans and how's the fan base embracing him? Obviously you mentioned he's got some adversity now uh, that he's got to face, but he's also got opportunity because his team was picked ninth out of 10 in the big 12. So even though he's playing Texas at K state at Oak state, these are opportunities for him to, to bring home a signature win. Yeah, they really are. I, I, I said since opening the before the season, this tough stretch to open the season, if they could just split, will go a long way towards, you know, getting to another bowl, having a good foundation in year one. So, you know, you're two and one where you're supposed to be, really. 
And then you have three opportunities. They're tough games. Uh, but again, I mean, that's what it is. It's the big 12. It's, you know, it's, that's the level he's at now. So you got to find a way to win at least one of these games. If you beat Texas, obviously, uh, that would go a long way towards getting people back, you know, rolling again and excited. Uh, but I, no, in terms of how he's connected with the fan base, I mean, I, actually, when I was at the Fort Worth Star Telegram before, a lot of the guys on his staff and then uh, Joey McGuire himself, you know, uh, helped me out with like playoff, high school football playoff scenarios and uh, is known for a guy who goes out of his way to help other coaches, media, the janitor. But th- it doesn't matter. Uh, the guy is genuine in that. He, he seems to make a lot of uh, strong relationships by, by making people feel like they're very important. Like everybody in Lubbock basically now has a Joey McGuire story where he stopped, came over to their table at a restaurant or, you know, talked to somebody's kids, signed an autograph, did something genuinely kind for, for somebody here. And I mean, that goes a long way anywhere, especially in West Texas. How do you see Saturday's game playing out? I can't get past uh, Texas Tech's offensive line versus Texas's defensive line. I just – I can't. I mean, I, it's hard for me to, to find a scenario. College football is crazy. Like I said, it's a week-to-week proposition. But that just seems like a real strength for Tech, like a huge advantage in such a critical phase of the game, part of the game. So I, I think Texas wins. I think the emotions of it and everything being at the Jones and, and considering everything that's gone on recently between the, the two schools – I think Tech will play well. It'll be a close, closer game, but I think Texas wins by a touchdown. Yeah, and Tech, Texas, only a four and a half point favorite to open this yeah, week. I was surprised. Uh, were you surprised at that? A little bit. I, I thought it'd be a little higher. Yeah, I, I think, I think the odds makers remember Texas on the road last year uh, wow. when it just seemed to be like a mudslide. Um, you know it in that six game losing streak, but uh, Texas playing a little better on, on defense for sure. And Hudson card hanging in there, uh, gotten out a win in the, uh, in the win over UTSA after UTSA took an early 17, seven lead in that game. Um, how is, I got a question for you. I know you're interviewing me, but I got, how, how is card? How is this help? Hudson Card, yeah, I mean, he ran for 32 yards on second and 22, and Bijan Robinson said after the game, he went up to him after the play and said, "Are you hurt?" You know, because <laughs> Card was he was moving pretty well, and so I guess Texas has some quarterbacks made out of polyurethane because Card is a fast healer. He was in a boot in Monday and Tuesday's practice. He did like a walkthrough on Wednesday and Thursday, and then he played and looked pretty healthy and Quinn Ewers was in uniform throwing before uh, the UTSA game as well. And that's a sternoclavicular uh, sprain, which can be, like you said, these shoulder injuries can be a bit unpredictable, but there is a real sense that he's healing better the pain he's dealing with it uh, in such a way that, you know, he could be back. Uh, much sooner than anticipated. I don't know if it's this week, but um, because the initial target date was like OU, which is October 8th. Then it was like West West Virginia, October 1st. Now, 
who knows? Could it be this weekend against uh, Texas Tech? But Jarrett, I can't uh, I can't let you go without asking you a Tech basketball question. Mark Adams and the Red Raiders, uh, unbelievable atmosphere out in Lubbock when I came out for that game last year. Never, I mean, I've been to Fog Allen Fieldhouse when it is absolutely on fire, and I mean that atmosphere in Lubbock uh, at the you know Spirit Arena was unbelievable. Obviously, Tech has lost some players, but they've added some players. Tell us um, what the Red Raiders are looking like heading into the hoop season. Well, they're really talented. They had the number one portal class, according to 24-7 Sports, um, a really good high school recruiting class as well. So, I mean, they definitely reloaded, but it's a whole, like, almost, like you said, like a very new, almost completely new cast of characters. How can Mark Adams – and I know that's the way college basketball has become, like where a lot of times you are having to figure out uh, how to re retool it every year almost. But uh, I think they Texas better, actually bring right? – Right, yeah. I think Texas actually has done a pretty good job of uh, bringing back a lot of the roster, comparatively speaking. Uh, but Tech, yeah, very talented. They're going to be big again. Uh, <clears throat> Fardalza Mech was one of the top guys in the portal, seven-foot guy at Utah Valley. I think he led the, the country in rebounding. Uh, it's like a 19-point score as well. Uh, they, they, they brought in just a lot of talent. It's just are they going to be able to put it together? Will they be able to gel in time for Big 12 play and all that? And they play uh, in the Maui, Clack, Maui Invitational early, so that's going to be exciting, you know, the Thanksgiving tournament. And, uh, people are still very excited about Texas Tech basketball, let's put it that way, and they're expecting – you know, to be competitive in the Big 12 again and to make another NCAA tournament. Yeah, that was uh, that was a fun team to watch last year. Uh, no doubt about it. Jarrett, uh, listen, man, you are a good egg for uh, taking some time for us here on the uh, flagship podcast. Looking forward to this game and what we will learn about both of these teams out in Lubbock Saturday, 2.30 uh, appreciate it so much for Jarrett Johnson of inside the red Raiders.com, where you can go get all the scoop about the red Raiders heading into this one. Um, I am chip Brown of horns 24 seven. Thanks so much for listening, everybody until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. Paramount plus and the national park foundation present a mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.